Welcome back to There's Always Another Podcast, a Brandon Sanderson reading and rereading podcast. I'm Justin, and as always, I am joined by Tech Week Beth, Graphical Sam, <laughs> and I'm Caleb. This this intro bit is stressing me out more than the zombie apocalypse. I don't know what what bit are you guys talking about? I don't know what what bit. What is this? That's I'm trying to figure it out. That's the stress. What is your deal? <laughs> All right, we're going to have a a good time today. You get the uh you, you get the rare early morning always another podcast recording. Uh, and I hosted board game night last night, so if this episode is a little wonky, it's all your fault, Mark. <laughs> yeah, Mark. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> and Mark, why did you force me to go to karaoke until 2 a.m. last night, too? Come on, Mark. Mark, why did you tell me that I had to stay at work and not get home until 1 a.m., Mark? <laughs> Mark, why did you let me... Easily fall asleep at eight thirty. <laughs> get plenty of sleep. Why did you leave Sam alone, Mark? Yeah, Sim's Sim's cruising here. I am. All right. Uh, yeah this this week for our episode, uh, we finished up part one. So we got some uh, we got some pieces kind of set in place with uh, our two focus characters, and then we're gonna get to see where they go next. Notably. We don't quite know where they're going next. A lot of just setting pieces up, which means you could view the entirety of part one as yet another prologue. You <laughs> definitely could. <laughs> yep. And we've only seen three of the four. Who's the fourth? Yeah, that's a good is point. Is it Ringo? It, is it Ringo. could be Ringo. God, if it's Ringo just Ringo. showed up in this book. It's God just bless. regular Ringo. He's not playing part. <laughs> Weird turn from Brandon <laughs> include real life drummer Ringo Starr in the Stormlight Archive, but you know Holy Soul bold choices. Kaladin. We need to figure out what's going on there. <laughs> this is this is what we call peak podcasting. And we've been recording for three minutes. Yeah. Speaking of sleep deprived, how about these epigraphs? These guys sound like they're sleep deprived. They're, it's they're like dying, silly. Sam. I know, but it's, it's silly. <laughs> they burn, burn, burn. Oh, flames well, we on just, the, the side of my face. The side of my face. <laughs> Burning. I mean, we did just get through a book in which there's an entire group of people who are just constantly repeating the same word over and over again because they have uh, uh, essentially died a torturous, painful, eternal death. So. Yeah, let's uh let's start with this chapter, <laughs> shall we? Yeah, we had uh in our our five chapters, we had two for Shalon, uh two for Kaladin's current story and then one uh for a flashback on Kaladin's life. So we're going to start with Shalon, uh get that actually for for two in a row and kind of get Shalon set to where she needs to be. And then we'll check in on uh, on bridge four and see how that's going. It's not good. Not going well. No. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna go better. We we can yeah. see where it could be going better at least. There's light at the at the middle of the tunnel. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's start with Shalon here. Uh, I I quite like these two Shalon chapters. I feel like this is the first 
Like, Shallan has definitely been getting a lot of setup as she's been arriving in Carbranth and meeting everyone. And I guess kind of at the at the end of the last chapter with Shallan getting rejected, we actually had a a task and a problem set for her. And now we get to see our first round of her trying to work on that problem and see what she does about it. And I, I like where these chapters go. And you know what? Me, Sam... Brandon skeptic though I may be, I like the Shalon chapters too. They're pretty good. Except for the way she argues, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let's see what uh, what we have here. We do have a uh, another epigraph that appears to be a, uh, a, a recording of someone's last words. They do in fact have uh, flames on the side of their face or something like that. Uh, we still do not know. Just in their dying. <laughs> Dying in the desert. Uh, it's that was eleven seventy two. That was like four or five years ago, I think. Yeah, that's not enough time. It's not too soon. Exactly. I think we're in eleven seventy six when this book starts. I'm not sure though. I yeah, but and that is, it is eleven seventy six when Gavilar Colin is in charge. So we can gather we're probably actually at 11.71 at least once we hit the time skip. Sorry, yeah. I think it's 67 and then add five to that. So, yeah, with the with the start of, of Shalon's chapter here, when we last saw her, uh, Yasna had been pretty clear that the, uh, the plan of uh, taking on Shalon as a ward uh, was not going to happen. And Shalon is uh, is going to make another attempt of it because this was kind of the plan and it kind of needs to happen. I, w- I will admit um, when I read the first like um, page and a half of Shalon seeing Yasna for the first time, I didn't immediately be like, that's that sounds like this character might be bisexual on this page. Sure does start with like, why did she want to be Yasna's ward so badly? Well, the brief <laughs> glimpse of the Soulcaster seduced her. Like, okay, that's that's a very interesting <laughs> phrasing, Brandon. That's a, yeah, that's a verb you're using there, Shalon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this section, we also do get some more explanation as to what the Devar family plan is and why this plan in particular. Uh, and it's a bit of an interesting one. Uh, apparently, when uh, apparently the Devar family had been kind of just just getting by with their debts for some time now. Uh, and they had had a, a string of good fortune in that on the, the land that they owned, they were able to, to find several uh, fairly uh, lucrative quarries, uh, find some, some marble that they could quarry and, and sell and keep, keep in business. And then after Shalon's father dies... Uh, they discovered that uh, he had access to a secret soul caster and could just go make more valuable marble when they needed it. And now it's broken and he's dead and they need to figure out how they can keep this whole system going. Mm, The plan is we'll steal it and then she'll replace it and then it'll be like, hey, why doesn't my soul caster fit anymore? Oh, oh, and it's not working. Why does it look different? Yeah, this will be perhaps a uh, a difficult swap to to pull off. Also, dear listener, you might be saying, 
Shalon has found herself within an incredibly close proximity of Yasna multiple times. Why couldn't she skip to step two and just try to steal it outright? Don't worry. For now, Shalon had to convince Yasna to accept her as a ward. All other results were unacceptable, which is a normal feeling to have about a person. It's a very heterosexual feeling. And why not just sucker punch her in the alcove and grab it? I, I think the most likely outcome there is that the uh, the Colin family just kind of utterly obliterates you. <laughs> yeah. This is maybe the, like, f- fifth most important person on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Security. <laughs> Security's pretty lax in the old Palaniomios. So... <laughs> Yeah, let's head to this location that Sam has about 20 different names for. (laughs) That is another one of those jokes that I will always find funny, is somebody just repeatedly making up a different word to replace a word that's kind of uncommon. (laughs) Even italicized in my notes, he takes her to the Palanium. Very fancy name. The very next line, the Pally Boy Room has big fancy steel doors with engravings. And then we uh, we go onwards to the planchette, the plutonium, the paltronica, the plasterhood, and the parlophone. <laughs> These are just also names that people call the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> We're living in a palenium. What do you like? What do you want from me? <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is the uh, the first destination, uh, which. I'm going to go kick off one of those silent pronunciation words by calling it the Palinaeum. Uh, but we'll just keep going from that. Uh, because that is, uh, that's where Shalon has headed to try to, uh, to track down Yasna and make another go of it. Uh, and we, we eventually see more of it. It is an absolutely enormous library. And it sounds like it looks really cool. Yeah does sound very cool and then uh the master servants like are we you gotta pay me the only thing we sell here are bells and fish <laughs> we gotta get money somehow bells fish and uh tickets to the enormous library and information it's very important that bells are listed as a commodity almost top build yeah how many people buy a bell it's not a common purchase. <laughs> I would I would assume if you're visiting the city of Bells that you'd probably get like there's there's probably a big souvenir mm. tchotchke industry of like, Little, get like your hand own bell official car brent bale, you know. <laughs> but yeah, this is uh as they explain the uh there there are uh, I think we've seen this before. We we've, we've seen that there's a uh, a lot of hospitals in Carbranth. And one of the ways that those are paid for uh, is by charging access to the Palinaeum, uh, which is a thousand sapphire bromes, which we're still dialing in on the, the currency conversion, but that's quite a bit. This is, a, this is an expensive library card. I do like the, the characterization detail that uh, when, when Shalon hears that there are somewhere around 700,000 texts in the in the Palinaeum, uh, she compares that to the exactly 87 books that her father owned because as she was growing up, she read all 87 of them 
because <laughs> she wanted to read more and there were only 87 of them. I like that yeah. too. And a bunch of them were like, who moved my cheese and like far side anthologies. <laughs> Damn far it, Dad. <laughs> far side slaps and the anthologies are good too because I like these commentary too. I was going to say maybe not so good if you're trying to learn natural history but of any comic that you could read the far side is actually pretty decent if you want to learn natural history that, that is true you can learn about the thagomizer oh man i forgot about thagomizer it's so good i don't know if any panel could be more clear and more educational than cow tools of course so the uh the, the plan so far for shalon is pretty simple it's we're going to find where where Yasna went and we're going to go there and we're going to try to make another argument that's a little more thorough than the uh the snap interview that she got in the hallway so she's going to head to one of the reading rooms somewhere nearby where Yasna is is going to be uh, or this is actually this is Yasna's uh, room itself she's gonna go there and, and wait until Yasna gets back uh, but the the first thing that she's going to do uh, to just kind of get her head in the right place is she's going to do some drawings. Uh, and we've heard that that Shalon has a, a knack for the visual arts. And now we get to, I mean, we don't get to see the drawings because this is a, a book with text. But we get to see the, the process and, and hear about it. And from what we can see, she does get quite into her art. So I want to talk about the art. I really do. Can we okay. back up a little bit and talk about the fact that security told her exactly where she's going to sit <laughs> without questioning who she is <laughs> or what her motives are? Like, here, like, I, I don't know. Like, Beth, I don't know if you serve as, like, a house manager in, in your role. But, like, let's say someone comes up to you and is like, hey, is the president going to be here? And you know he <laughs> is. What's the answer? The, the answer is I don't know. Let me check, and then I run away and find someone. <laughs> but more or, important than me to answer the question. And then that person will say no. Yeah. And then the, and then the person will reply, "Yeah, but I'm his personal friend." W well, he's not gonna be here. Even if you know he's gonna be there, he's not because otherwise, it's a really bad thing. Yeah, we did just mention like fifth most important person on the planet and that also got me of like oh you you can just go in and ask to sit right next to that person huh no <laughs> questions asked oh my god it's so weird to be fair later on it is at least they told her that they told somebody where where she was at least they yeah. told jasna like later sorry jasna um i i will cede the pronunciation where it's jasna <laughs> um, but could you imagine yeah. if the first like opening of the book was Zeth just going up to the guard and being like, "Hey, can I talk to the king real quick? I just, <laughs> I just need to have a chat with him." And the guard's like, "Yeah, sure. He's in his bedroom. He's in like sharply armor, just as kind of a, some a word of warning. I don't know why he's he's doing that, but you know, he's right over here. Come come say hi. Yeah, just come on in." <laughs> first prologue's like two pages long because <laughs> Zeth just walks in and stabs him. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, the drawing is, is really good. The, well, back to reality. Back to the present. <laughs> back to capital M memories. 
Yeah, there's definitely something uh, kind of specific going on here. Uh, aside from that that one part about Shalon recalling a very particular capital M memory, we just get a, a kind of a, a detailed look at her creative process. Uh, and as as someone who has not spent a lot of time learning to to draw or other kind of visual media, uh, this is really cool to me, and uh, like it's 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 just a, a cool scene to see. It it very much is. I I really do like the the description of it. I've taken art classes. I'm no wizard, um, and I can't draw hands, uh, which is like the artist's final exam of of any mm-hmm. artist. Can you can you draw hands? Um, but yeah, it's a it's a really interesting, cool description, um, and Brandon really takes his time with it, uh, and. That's great, but if this is going in one to one, how long is Yasna gonna? Aren't you gonna do any prep, Shalon? Like, you're just yeah. drawing a shirtless dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's perhaps you know I I can appreciate the need to like do something with your hands, settle your mind, and then get to your task. But yeah, you do have a pretty important task, and she does what three drawings here? Yep, three drawings and a letter. Uh, we also, I know, uh, Caleb and Sam are a big fan of uh, of Spren Watch. Yeah, all these uh, creation spreads showing up. We get some creation spread, <laughs> and they are just '90s gifts. They are rotating skeletons. <laughs> they're 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 mm. dancing rats. Yeah, they they do just kind of. Like pop between things, but yeah, we have a uh, we have a drawing of of Yalb from earlier as he was uh, in the city. Uh, we also have an aside on on Shalon's art that I feel could be quite creepy, but I don't think gets there. Maybe yet, maybe it will get there at some point, where Shalon talks about her drawings as collecting people, which is like. A, a little bit of a weird phrasing, but I also kind of like it of you know seeing the world around you and trying to just capture little bits of it. Yeah, kind of in a similar boat of like, it almost feels like what a villain might say, but we're, yeah, exactly. We're not there yet. It's a weird phrasing, but it's good. Like, that, you know, you feel that way when you're mm-hmm. when you're making art. I'm just imagining her like taking a mental snapshot of someone and then just going. A fine addition to my collection. Right. You you could definitely <laughs> do this creepily. But uh Yeah, she she does this drawing of Yalb. She does one of uh the scene with Yasna soul casting that boulder. Uh, there's a I think a, a really interesting aside on uh how in 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 her in her religion and her belief, uh, the Almighty uh, had the power to, when he created Roshar, that was a, a power of transformation. Uh, and we have a uh, uh, an alternate name for the Almighty. Uh, Elithanathile was trying to get that right first time. Of uh, He who transforms. And Shalon is thinking about the, the kind of theological implications of uh yasna famous heretic 
having this this object that grants her this divine power of transformation and you know what does what are what are people going to think about about that happening good for her <laughs> but then we get on to the uh the kind of important task at hand here uh which is how how do we get another another go after yasna pretty definitively rejected shallan and Shalon's reasoning is uh, Yasna is a, a historian, uh, a scholar. Uh, she values, you know, reasoned arguments, and so I need to I, I need to formally set down my argument. I'm going to write it in a a letter uh, and present my case to her, and that will that will have to be sufficient. She's writing down this letter. There's a very funny self-burn of there were said to be logic spread in the form of tiny storm clouds who were attracted to great arguments, but Shalon had never seen that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a pretty good argument, though. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, the, the, the gist of her argument is basically, yes, I don't know the, the things that you, you want me to know, the things that you expect me to know in in, in this position, but I am basically entirely self-taught and that means that I have personally worked and been personally driven to learn all of the things that I did learn and so that will make me a you know a, a more tenacious more devoted student when I do learn the things that you want me to learn and it will take me farther than someone who has a, a a more thorough education but hasn't uh, kind of put in the work necessary is is the gist of her argument. It is. I agree that this is a good argument, and it is very funny to me that this is a very speech-like uh, sheet of paper, but it is not technically a speech, which means we still <laughs> don't have an on-screen speech from Brandon. <laughs> Even though he can write one, <laughs> we're not allowed to see a character saying a speech. In uh, Sam's notes has the the one line version of uh, this speech or this letter, uh, where apparently one of the books has changed slightly, because uh, in Sam's version, uh, I was taught poorly, but I taught myself as much as I could by reading Dad's eighty seven books, several of which were Calvin and Hobbes anthologies or Uncle John's Bathroom Reader. <laughs> to be fair, you can learn a lot from an Uncle John's Bathroom Reader. It is perhaps a, a a wide kind of skim of knowledge, but you can. <laughs> I have a book of ironic news articles, um, one of which it, it's called uh, Pedestrian Safety Expert Gets Hit by Bus. Uh, waka waka. Um, and it's bad. <laughs> it's, it's dumb and not educational at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that that, I imagine, is probably one of the 87 books. But yeah, uh, hard work, like being that kind of tenacious person, it, it takes no training and there's a lot of people who don't have it. Mm -hmm. And she's got it in spades. She's got that dog in her. <laughs> have we seen dogs? I don't think we've seen dogs. No. They'd have to be down. crab dogs. Oh, <laughs> crab dogs. God, such good boys. I'm holding out hope for a crab dog now. That's good to <laughs> So Shalon manages to to finish this letter, gives it a, a look over, uh, thinks that it will 
she has some some doubts now that it's done in that it seems it seems kind of silly of yes i am uneducated please take me as your ward it it <laughs> seems a little a little off but it will it will have to do and it has some elements of truth to it because once again let us remember the entire purpose here is to rob yasna and then she is uh, interrupted by a visitor uh, and is is briefly worried that yasna is here and uh is she's going to be in trouble uh but uh, no we in fact have uh brother capsule it's a uh, a new a new character on the scene now i don't trust this guy but i kind of love him <laughs> capsule <laughs> capsule is fun he is um and uh it's great that the uh, master servants just were like hey yeah go on up you too yeah (laughs) in for a penny in for a pound i think capsule probably does get some leniency there for being a priest of some sort at least he's like a monk i feel like (laughs) yeah that gives you some special points so yeah we uh we meet brother capsule uh who the the way that like we'll get through some of this characterization that the kind of shorthand that i always end up describing him as is uh, he's the cool youth pastor. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Oh, it's... That's really funny because my my youth pastor, who was like... He was a very nice, good dude, but trying to be the cool guy. Also balding and has a beard. <laughs> well, now we know who to cast. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I almost just said his name, but I won't. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, because uh, Shalon is instantly very, uh, very deferential, very concerned about you know, proper decorum in front of this servant of the Almighty, uh, and he is insistent that no, we we don't need to do all that. Please, we can we can just sit and talk and all that. Uh, at one point, he uh, he threatens to to dance on the table to prove that he is not a dignified person. Uh, that finally does convince Shalon of this fact. Uh, and he says, I only had to actually do that once. <laughs> I love that this is a consistent thing he, he threatens to do. <laughs> and they get into a, a kind of a banter where he has, he has seen the drawings that Shalon did and he's very impressed by them. Uh, he asks where she learned and uh, she says that she was taught by Dandos the Oil Sworn, uh, and and he says, you know, oh, uh, you know, a, a master of art, truly, I can see, you know, a, a very good teacher to have, uh, but I am confused by the fact that he was he's been dead for a couple of hundred years. So please explain. <laughs> Which means he's next on my casting list, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we now know one of the eighty-seven books for sure. Uh, it was a. a uh, a, a book of instruction by Dandos the Oil Sworn. Uh, and, and Capsule says, you learned all this from a book? I need to read more. <laughs> we also, and I, I think this is a, a, f- a fun way to convey a world-building detail where Capsule has identified that uh, Shalon is from Yakoved, uh, and uh, she's wondering if it's because of her hair or because of her accent, the way that, that he can tell. 
Uh, and he says, no, it's because of the way that you are, are so deferential to, to Ardents. Yakovet is, is very devout and I can tell. <laughs> as, uh, as his part of the scene ends though, he, is, he starts asking about, uh, about Yasna because that's who he, he's also here to see. Uh, and Shalon realizes that there's been a bit of a misunderstanding and he probably thinks that she's actually connected to Yasna and can convey messages and, and pass an argument along and all that. And, and Shalon has to kind of backtrack and explain, I'm just also here waiting for her. I don't have any real connection to her. Uh, and and he says, you know, that's that's not a problem. I made an assumption that that's not your fault. Uh, would you tell Yasna that I was here to speak with her? Uh, and perhaps we'll see each other again as we both try to track her down. Yeah, because if there's one person who's going to convert a heretic, it's a youth pastor. Right. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, Shalon presumes is his uh, his motivation here is I I do need to try to convince her to see if I can, but presumably she has had uh, some debates with some very knowledgeable, very passionate people. And so this one priest, not sure if he will be able to convince her so much. But uh, yeah, the uh, the scene closes. Capsule leaves, asks if there's anything that Shalon likes that he could perhaps get her as a thanks. Uh, she is completely put on the spot and says, uh, jam? I like jam? <laughs> and he says, okay, jam it is. Goodbye so for now. shall be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with with capsule departing uh, yasuna arrives and it is a, a very different mood yeah music cuts out <laughs> record scratch record scratch <laughs> <laughs> yeah you might be thinking to yourself how to get in this situation <laughs> well the servants told me exactly where to go so i just walked over here uh, going into chapter eight, uh, I just double checked our list. This is actually the first time in this book that we have had two chapters back to back with the same people in the same scene without a time skip or anything like that. So breaking new ground here, linear passage of time. <laughs> Imagine if this was all one chapter, just a mega 12,000 word chapter. Yeah. I mean, oh like it, it almost is, but we do actually get a, a brief pause here to kind of reset. But uh, as as chapter eight, Nearer the Flame, begins, uh, it immediately takes a turn for the negative for Shallan, uh, because as we mentioned, Yasna was informed of the, the, the visitors to her reserved area, and she's not happy about it. And there's no time to make an argument or everything. Yasna arrives and just says, get the fuck out. And <laughs> Shallan gets the fuck out. Well, that went well. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Bum, bum, ba -da. <laughs> Angry people unsettled her. That's a very quirky trait that very few people have. Is that sarc that, that's? It feels like it should be sarcasm, but I just want to check. No. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I feel like angry people unsettling you is a very common trait. Yeah. <laughs> it would be strange and noteworthy if she said angry people didn't unsettle her. <laughs> angry people brought her a sense of deep calm there's a bit of time here where Shalon is is not doing well after this very harsh rejection uh, but 
it does not last very long because she is uh very soon after a, a servant comes to track her down and says that uh, uh yasna wants to speak with her which is a, an unusual change of pace though when we when we go back to the scene it is uh it's actually not as big of a thing yasna does apologize she seems to be under some stress and, and she says, you know, I, I should not have been so harsh. I do, I do claim that, you know, I admire persistence and tenacity. And so I, I shouldn't have been so harsh with you. Uh, but the only reason that Yasna actually did call her back uh, was that Shalon just left her wallet on the table. She, <laughs> she had been using her, her spheres to provide light to, to see and draw by. And when when Yasna arrived and was so angry, Shalon just left. So, yeah, probably probably should have picked those up. And as it turns out, as this this whole kind of rapid scene had been progressing, uh, Yasna hadn't even noticed the the letter that Shalon wrote uh, when when she arrived in the room. She had a whole bunch of books to set down, and it just got covered up. So Shalon does point it out, asks what uh, what Yasna thought of it. Yasna has to take the time to, to give it a read. Uh, and the reaction is somewhat positive. So that's a, that's a good turn there for, for Shalon. Starting to, to progress up again. She reads the letter and appreciates the message. Ah, a much better ending than when I did something similar to Shalon at my previous job. And the person left me on unread. Hmm. Thanks, oh. different Mark. thanks mark mark's really dropping the ball today hey if your if your name is mark you better step up today man (laughs) like i know it's not your fault directly but i'm just letting you know your fellow marks really not doing a good job today yeah gotta step it up uh peep the broad category of people named mark (laughs) the many hundreds of thousands if perhaps millions of people named mark Step up your game. But uh, yeah, Shalon makes some positive progress uh, in that Yasna does seem to appreciate this argument. Uh, and it uh, it briefly sounds like it's going well. Uh, and Yasna makes what, what she thinks is a, a, a generous and reasonable offer, which is uh, your, your argument is, is accepted. This, this is an impressive and admirable trait that you learned all this yourself. But you do need a certain kind of foundation of knowledge if we want to work together. So you should go study these things and then come back and talk to me uh, after the the months that you've spent studying these. And then we can probably actually work together. Which I think present circumstances with Shalon's actual mission notwithstanding is a very reasonable thing to offer and is quite generous of Yasna. Yeah, I agree. I Yasna points out later, like uh, in whatever chapter ten, I think, um, or some chapter coming up. It's just later uh, in this chapter, I think. Oh well, yes, you're right. This is a long chapter. It is. A, yes. Shalon really goes a lot of back and forth this chapter. Yeah. <laughs> but but Yasna points out that she should have like had a a time boundary here. Yeah. <laughs> Which at least she has the self awareness for that because this is a meaningless offer at this point right now. This is like, yeah, I mean, I agree. 
we'll come back in several years. What? Once you have what I deem to be a good amount of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, if she put, like, come back to me in two years, then, okay. Uh, you know, no, still. But... <laughs> but outside of the context of Shallan's specific goal, that does yeah. sound like a, you know, finish some more of your coursework, go through this 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 process, and then and then we'll do our work. Yeah, that's generous. And then I'll accept you. Like, she has terms of, like, yes, right. if you do this. Right. So, all right. And as, as Shalon is thinking, again, outside the context of this specific, the goal and the constraints that she's under, this would be a big deal. You know, this is an extremely prestigious position to study directly with Yasna. If she, she did that, uh, she would, uh, you know, she'd probably end up very successful in life. But uh, yeah, the the timeline does not quite work out, and uh, she heads out of the the Palineum and is is not really uh, not really sure where to go next for a bit. Spren watch, life spren. Got some life spren in there, you know, because life. Yeah, just you know, things growing. Got to have your life spren to make sure you know that. But if it's like, <sighs> <laughs> if it's life spren. Shouldn't that just be fucking everywhere that all of our characters are? What what qualifies as life? Maybe it's just when there's like a, a, a special amount of life, you know? Like They're like, in a city. Some of those plants that grow so fast that you can actually like see them growing. It is my dream to one day watch grass grow. <laughs> I've watched paint dry before. I imagine during like a tech week. Yes, or, I was yeah. making the paint dry with a hairdryer. I don't know if that's the same as watching paint dry. If you're actively contributing to the paint drying, <laughs> that feels like cheating. Paint dry. Yeah. yeah. Not cheating in terms of like accomplishing your goal, just in terms of did you can you put watching paint dry on the resume? There was uh there was someone I just heard this story a little bit ago. There was someone who they were a I think a British filmmaker uh, and were were very annoyed with the British movie ratings board, and mostly the fact that you have to pay to have your movie given a a, a content rating. Uh, and so they submitted, I think it was a ten hour long film of paint drying uh, that has no you know no cuts, no anything. It is just a, a static shot of a wall with paint drying just to force the ratings board to watch the entire thing <laughs> just to make sure that there wasn't like you know five spliced frames of nudity in the middle there and that's when you put it in your final cut timeline and you drag to the right <laughs> but Shalon is uh, is heading out and runs into Yalb again who has been been hanging around uh, and has uh, has been doing pretty well for the evening he has found himself a a gambling game to play and has uh has made a bit of cash and uh, as they as they depart the scene uh Shalon is is reprimanding him for for gambling and he says well you know it's not gambling if you know you're going to win uh, cuz he has he has in fact been cheating the entire time uh and explains because he was playing against a couple of uh, of city guards uh he explains that the game was not uh cabers which they were playing uh, the game was can Yalb cheat without getting caught by two guards. <laughs> Very nice. 
I don't know what Shalon expected him to do. Just like stand outside T posing for hours. (laughs) 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 I can only hope. It's also like, you cheated, she hissed, horrified. Shalon, you're here for to commit a felony. That's that's the reason for being here. (laughs) Yeah. But uh Yeah, Yalb is uh is is surprised to hear that she's she's given up she's headed back to the ship so that she can uh she can leave and uh yalb is is shocked that this could uh could go so poorly you know you're perfect pardon my forwardness you're walking backwards pardon my backwardness (laughs) oh he's so good i love yalb what a good guy good egg there's there's something about the character type of just immediately ride or die as soon as you meet someone. And Yelp seems like the kind of person just <laughs> mm-hmm. like, yeah, so long, whatever the fuck you need, I'm here for it. I got you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're going to see later. He's He's got some tricks up his sleeve, and I, I really appreciate them. Yeah, a lot of unprompted tricks. Like, that's that's what's impressive. Salon was not like, hey, it seems like I'm going to be swindled. Come in. Yelp was just taking the initiative on it. So, uh, yeah, they are... They're they're heading back and and Yalb is trying to uh, make this. He's he's trying to figure out what's going on and he says he basically says, well, you got to try a third time, right? You know, third time will get there. That's what that's what the superstitions say. Rule of three, Shalon. Exactly. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, you win. Everyone stops it twice because they're fools. <laughs> it should be ashamed. <laughs> That must be it. And uh, and so we see the plan unfold. Basically, yeah, Shalon is is just going to try to cram a bunch of knowledge. And then before Yasta can leave, say, okay, I studied. Let's let's do this again and see <laughs> if that's good enough. Uh, I mean, the side impact of her plan, I don't know if. I don't know which is her plan. Is her plan to be seen with books or is her plan to, like, get a second shot? Um, But either way, you know, I feel like that's a reasonable strategy. I mean, she's in a city with a lot of knowledge. Yeah. Sam, to your point about about, uh, uh, Yasna not setting a a proper timeline, if, if the stated goal is learn more about these things and then we can then i will accept you as a ward then shalon's gonna learn more about these things and then go back you know that's what she said 10 seconds <laughs> so yeah step one is uh is find a a bookstore where she can uh get some some things to study and uh Carbranth is a is a big city with a, a lot of a lot of trade so yeah it's late at night but we can find a bookstore easy enough to do and in we go, and it's it's time to uh, to do some commerce. Yeah, we uh, we end up at uh, Artmern's bookshop. We have more more Thalen names. Uh, Shalon thinks that you know he he probably asked some uh, some some Thalen friends in the area where can I find a, a good bookshop, and it just so happens to be a, a Thalen owned shop. So here we are. We'll uh, do some business with Artmern, who does not make a great impression for himself at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Shalon arrives. Um, Artmern comes out to, to do some business and she uh, rattles off a, a list of, uh, of, of authors that she's looking for. These are some of the, 
the scholars that Yasna was disappointed Shalon hadn't read. So sounds like a good place to start. And Artmern at, at first is uh, quite dismissive of her. He, he says, you know, you, you, a young lady like yourself, you probably want you know, a, a romance or or something a little more a little more light reading you don't want to get into that that complicated stuff sure i'll take a romance book could i get a uh, stephen king's misery please that's basically <laughs> it <laughs> yeah good stuff this part i like we'll, yeah we'll we'll get into yeah. you know sam you you marked on you remarked on how some of shallan's arguments did not uh, quite land with you i'm guessing some of the the banter with Artmern might have been that, but I, I do like this opening this opening shot of, uh, yeah, here's a here's a romance I think I'd like, and it's this incredibly <laughs> fucked up book. It's more like um, you said misery. It's what's the one? Hang on. Oh, the yellow wallpaper. That'd be mm. what I'd say in real life. <laughs> How about the yellow wallpaper? Got that one. <laughs> so yeah, they they. Uh, they have a bit of a, a verbal spar here uh, where Shalon just like keeps, j- just keeps pushing things uh, and is, is not letting him. Th- there's some of it where she's kind of being overly literal with his turns of phrase. Uh, but uh, I mean, he, he didn't make a great start for himself, so maybe he kind of deserves it. Uh, <laughs> but we, we, we do get to the point where... Uh, he he says, I, I believe you stray into sarcasm. And she says, well, I thought I'd run straight into it screaming at the top of my lungs. I love that line. This is just, a, hey, take a drink, everybody. It's a Marx Brothers reference. This is just a, like a Groucho Marx bit that she's doing. It really kind <laughs> of is. But uh, yeah, the, the end outcome of this is uh, she is going to actually attempt to purchase some history and philosophy books like she like she wanted to and uh archmern has to go get his wife uh because even though he is is thalen and perhaps doesn't hold quite all the the same uh traditions there is still this this weird uh gender-based separation of of tasks and hobbies and whatnot uh, so it's a bookshop, and so uh, his wife needs to be here because she can read. Uh, but he's the merchant and is going to do the actual commerce. So they they do both need to participate here. And uh, we we go through the options. We get just kind of like a an extended glance over some history of Rosharan scholarship. Uh, we have uh, Renkalt who wrote a a single. A single volume kind of overview of history, uh, which probably isn't detailed enough. Uh, we have uh, a, a different option, which is a a set of books that cover the the history of each of the the kingdoms of Roshar, and those will those will do a bit better. And then philosophy wise, hit and miss. We've we've got uh, some from Placini. Uh, we have quite a bit by Gabrithin. He did love to write. Uh, and uh, so we've got some options there. And then uh, one actually by uh, Shauka Daughter Hasweth, which uh, I, I don't know if we talked about before, but Shalon confirms is a, a Shin name, much like Zeth's son, son, Volano that we saw. Uh, and uh, apparently it's a, it's a bit rare to have some, some Shin writing. So that will, that will be an interesting pick. 
Because people lived in mud and worshipped rocks. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of running face first screaming. Yeah. <laughs> into racism. So yeah, we've got some books picked out. All that we need to do is, uh, you know, total up the bill and check out. And that will be 10 emerald bromes. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, this is like, you know, a couple of grand worth of books or something. <laughs> Which, I mean, they're textbooks. You never know. They could cost a couple grand. I was just about to say. Uh, so yeah, the uh, the price is exorbitant. Uh, and Shalon needs to decide which which book she's not going to buy but is is totally ready to actually make the deal uh and then we have uh Yalb returning again uh to pull a bit of a scam and and yeah this was totally unprompted and he's just gonna go with it and hope that Shalon catches on because uh, he has uh he has burst into the room claiming to work for another bookseller down the road and has has returned to try to re-win over Shalon's business and say, you know, you you can't shop here. This this guy'll rip you off. The shop that I work at will totally sell you the same books for much cheaper. It what what are you doing here? <laughs> Yelp fucking rules. Yelp's great. Yelp. This is great. And yeah, fortunately, Shalon does does catch on to what's going on here and and starts playing her part of, you know, I I went to your shop and it was it was not good. You did not leave me a good impression. Let me do my shopping here, and then Yalb gets to start basically haggling on Shalon's behalf. Then, <laughs> uh, and, and says, you know, this this guy was going to charge you ten bromes. That's ridiculous. We'll sell them for two. <laughs> and uh Artmern is uh placed in a, in an awkward spot where he uh you know he he says well, of course we were going to negotiate you know maybe 8 but uh 2 is is the uh, apparently the offer on the table and uh Shalon does get a, a good one here where she says you know well perhaps I wouldn't negotiate if you hadn't insulted my intelligence and then we we have Artmern's wife in the background who's like this this fucking idiot <laughs> but uh yeah so the the price now has has dropped all the way to two emerald three sapphire and and he says you know if you want them cheaper you can get them from barmest but they'll probably be rip miss there'll be pages ripped out they'll be you know not even not even good enough uh and yell at this point is is kind of tapped out he, he's like I, I don't know if that's a good price i'm just making things up <laughs> But uh, Shalon says, "All right, I'll 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 take this deal." They they do their commerce and they they leave, and uh, as they leave, Yalb is like, "Yeah, I was just making it all up as I went. I have no idea what those books are actually worth." Seventy five percent discount. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I get the impression that it's not so much a seventy five percent discount as first a removal of the like 300% markup that he was trying to to manage <laughs> then maybe there's a bit of a discount and uh in in thanks for his uh his assistance there uh Shalon offers him the uh the picture that she drew and uh he he quite appreciates it it's it's uh it's a bit of fun to see himself there as on the on the drawing and then we get another like 
that's a weird phrasing of like after what he'd done for her she dearly wanted him in her collection like yeah <laughs> i'll give this away for now but i'll get you again later <laughs> right Bad like all, all, all you need to do is <laughs> is add a bit of evil monologuing here and this sounds very different <laughs> I love the idea of like a 60s Batman villain who's the the gimmick is that they can like paint you and if they paint you well enough they can steal your soul or something. <laughs> enter the painting. I need to find out Batman's true identity so that I can paint him and add him to my collection. <laughs> I love portrait. Final Fantasy 6. So yeah, we are uh, we're gonna head back to the conclave, back to the Palinaeum, uh, and just find a study room and and start doing some studying. And uh, yeah, Shalon says that the plan is to basically spend up until the very last day when Yasna is going to leave, and then make one more attempt at it. Uh, but before we even get that far, uh, Yasna returns once again. Before he, she even has a chance to read the lore that I really wanted to know about. Yeah, we let's see these history books. But uh, yeah, Yasna is back with basically a, a reaction of "all right, fine." Of you know, it 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 is impressive that you were going to try, that you were going to actually just try and study and 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 reapply. And yeah, I should have actually set some time boundaries on it, but. You know what? Let's let's go with this. I I think we can actually work together. Nice. I bet the chapter's gonna end on a sinister note, though. Well, we're Spoilers. we're only we're only a page off, so yeah. Let's uh, l- let's see. Uh, Yasna, uh, Yasna says that uh, that she knows the real reason beyond this, which is a little panic-inducing. Uh, but fortunately, swing and a miss there. Uh, the the real reason in Yasna's mind is that uh, uh, Shalon is is trying to set up some some important connections for her house, which is like not entirely wrong, but is still <laughs> wrong in the significant parts. But uh, yeah, the uh, a- after a, a a look through uh, Shalon's notebook as well to see some of the the scholarship that she has been pursuing. Uh, Yasna says, you know what, I think, I think we can make this work as a, as a good arrangement. So get your things. There's, there's rooms for us to stay. Uh, you should head there. It's been a long day. We'll, we'll get started nice and early tomorrow. And it, it has been a long day. So Shalon is, is just kind of too exhausted to really celebrate. But yeah, there's, there's cause for celebration because step one of the plan is done and now it's time for step two, Rob Yasna Colin. Yeah, uh, Yasna's like, hey, there's, you know, just, uh, I have rooms in the conclave. And uh, Shalan doesn't need to say, oh, where? Because the servants will just tell her. <laughs> just ask a master servant. What we've established is that uh, Sam needs to get a new job as Rosharan security expert. Yes, <laughs> I'll be an advisor. Pay me, you know, whatever. Several emerald bromes and I'll tell you to ask people questions before just offering up information. But yeah, that uh, that is all we will see of uh, of Shalon for the the end of this part. Uh, we've got uh, we've got step one done. 
step two still it's not entirely question marks that's i think step four we said but uh step two definitely has some question marks in it and we'll we'll have to see where that goes if we're going by pinky and the brain rules step three is question marks step four is profit <laughs> and as we head on to chapter nine uh before we get that we have a sketch page where we see some chulls and oh, i like so them cute. they're very tall they are and they got those beady little eyes yeah, and they've got the the big kind of rock shells that you can just attach things directly to. So they mm-hmm. they kind of just lumber along pulling their carts. Now I do have a, a question, because I assume this was just like part of a headpiece or something. But is that supposed to be like a Thalen driver? Are those eyebrows? I think are... I think that is true. Oh boy. Wow. <laughs> I know they said there are vague eyebrows, but I was not imagining that. But uh, yeah, with uh, with Shalon's business concluded for now, uh, as we said, we're going to go check in with Bridge 4. Uh, chapter 9 is uh, Damnation, which seems accurate. Uh, this is a, a very short chapter. It's the, the shortest of our reading this week. And it's, oh, not quite. It's it's almost the shortest this week. But the uh, it's just kind of a, a an overview of the situation that, that Kaladin is in. Uh, and it's bad. Bridge 4 is, in fact, the worst of the bridge crews, which says something. And uh, it is uh, it is not by chance that, that Kaladin has ended up here. But we start with an epigraph that's a riddle. So he's talk- <laughs> Black and white and red it all over. He's, he's talking about a newspaper. <laughs> Just write that right in the book. A newspaper. And then it unlocks the secret. <laughs> the Ten Heralds. They're just reporters <laughs> standing before a wall of newspaper. <laughs> like the printing press when it goes around and, you know. It must yeah. be it. It's got to figured be it. it out. It's a newspaper. We're on to you, Brandon. But yeah, looking in with uh, with Bridge 4, we, we find that of the, the 25 people that survived the, the first bridge run that we saw, uh, all but two of them are dead. Uh, two of them got moved to other bridge crews first, but they also died. So th- there have been, there's Kaladin and one other survivor. Uh, most of the replacements for those bridgemen have also died. And uh, yeah, th- Cal has some time to sit in the rain and think. And what he's thinking about is something that, that Sam brought up last week, which is, this is a... Uh, this is this is dumb. Like this is bridge insane. Runs, bridge runs are awful. They don't make any sense. And uh they're they're just all here to die. Oh my god. Losing 95% of your force over the course of 2 or 3 weeks. Unsustainable is the wrong word. Insane it feels too light to me. Like how about the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life? Like that <laughs> That sounds about right. That's like a, almost there in terms of how weird this is to just allow this to continue to happen in your army. Calden first credit highlights some things you could do. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm so mad. With the, uh, with the state that, that Kaladin is in, He's he's thinking back to some things that his uh, his father used to say, 
uh, in in Cal's father's opinion, uh, we only have uh, th- there there are two types of people in the world. Uh, there are those who take lives and those who save lives. And uh, Kaladin says there that that he used to think that there was a third group that there were people who would save lives by taking lives the the people who could who could fight and kill in order to protect. Uh, and he has revised his opinion at this point. He says there is a third type of person in the world. It's the people in the middle. It's the people who either get saved or killed and do not have any control over which of those outcomes it is. That's rough, buddy. Yeah. Um. So, real quick, Kaladin's battle strategy, which was to have people with shields kind of break off and block mm-hmm. the arrows... Um, but it would slow them down too much, even though sometimes they arrive before the Parshendi. Fucking, uh, but he made a mistake because he only asked twice. It's true. Yeah. He didn't just believe in the heart of the cards. Gotta ask the third time. Gotta ask the third time. There is a moment in this section that I, I hope is drawing direct inspiration because it very much gives off the vibes of, um, one of my favorite Ray Bradbury short stories, which is The Long Reigns. Um, uh, just a description of a guy staring up into the rain and the rain is like pouring directly into his face and he's not blinking. Very, very reminiscent of that story, which I very much love and is also about shit, man, this fucking sucks and we're probably all going to die. <laughs> Sounds like a Ray Bradbury short story to me. <laughs> I got to read that now. I'm interested. It's good. It's, it's, uh, it's one of the chapters in Illustrated Man, which is basically just a collection of short stories that technically has an overarching narrative but like two pages of it <laughs> as cal is continuing to go about his uh his existence as a bridge man he's he he's almost he's not even really thinking about it like it it says that maybe he would have been thinking about it more in in the past of not only the kind of tactics level this doesn't make any sense of why are we doing bridge runs uh, but also the the strategy level of we have these massive camps here we're we're pitching this battle out on the plains but it's it's not it's not going anywhere so yeah it it, it doesn't make any sense but cal really isn't spending the the time to dwell on that he's just kind of existing sill is is observing this and it doesn't feel good to her during the uh, the off time here there are there's more slaves and prisoners who arrive they are assigned to their bridges uh, as usual the worst of them go to to bridge four very briefly there's a moment where cal thinks he he recognizes someone it, it looks kind of like Tien, but uh, no, Tien, Tien is dead, as is everyone else who, who Cal has tried to protect. And uh, while, he's, while he's thinking of this, Syl says that, uh, that she's leaving. And, and this is another one of those things. We've had a couple of these with Syl where this is very new to Kaladin and it's new to all of us reading this book. But Syl saying she's leaving feels like it's not a good thing. Yeah, this this is pretty crushing. When somebody gives up on you, it's not good. Or it appears to. 
Right, and we'll we'll get to that. And it's a scene that I love, but but here is like I, I don't want to call anything the lowest point because we've seen that Kellen's life is miserable, and it seems like it can always find <laughs> a lower point. But we're gonna get to a point that that might be the lowest in in chapter eleven in just a bit. Oh, you think it can't get worse? Maybe in a different book, you might expect Kaladin to make some sort of connection with that little kid that he thought was Tien. Nope, same page. That little kid also died in the bridge run. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to wrap up chapter nine with Kaladin awake at night in the, in the barracks as a high storm rages outside. And uh, yeah, it, the, the chapter just ends with him crying. So we're we're going to have to um, take a break from Cal's current situation uh, as we go to chapter 10, Stories of Surgeons. Uh, nine years ago, we have a flashback. Uh, and, and I said I was going to point out some of these things as they happened. Uh, this is another element that is going to be a, a once-per-book thing. Uh, the way that, that Brandon structures these books, each Stormlight book, uh, one of our characters is going to have chapters of of flashback where we're going to see some of the things that got them to where they are in the books themselves. So the Wave Kings, we're going to see Cal. Uh, we actually know most of the characters. He's told us which characters are going to get flashbacks. Uh, he's also told us that just because they're getting flashbacks doesn't mean they're alive in the present. So we'll we'll see. But this is our first one, and we get to see uh, young Cal. It's also a notable chapter having no epigraph. Yeah. Just jumping straight in. We just get nine years ago, and uh, and here we are. Detail I literally just noticed. The cloak on the like little chapter header picture thing is colored differently. Yo! Yeah, it's kind of a, an inverse. I can't tell if it's quite... It looks like it's the same glyph. Yeah, but, I think it's just color shifted, but that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we're uh, we're in the the town of Hearthstone. We do get to actually see what's taking place here, and it's not it's not card games. Uh, the the gates are not open. No, uh, we we get right into the the middle of a scene here, uh, and we have a a story of a surgeon where we meet uh, Cal's father, Liren who is doing surgery and, and Cal has arrived. Uh, he's a little bit late cause he was, he was off doing other stuff. Uh, he's 10 years old and he's already training to be Liren's assistant because there's a, uh, there's a young woman here, Sani, who has had her hand severely injured and uh, needs, needs surgery. And this is the this is the first time that we've actually seen uh, Cal's father. We've seen Liren. We've heard a, a bit about him, and I think he gives off a very good first impression. You know, he's he's very precise about what he does, as he kind of has to be as a as a surgeon. Uh, and he he he's uh, he's somewhat stern with Cal in the moment because there's important things going on, and I I think. I like the kind of well-run pace of this of this scene. Yeah, he seems very much like he's not treating Cal as a child. He's just like, all right, this is the job. Let's get to it. Um, and I think as a surgeon trying to teach someone else how to be a surgeon, that's 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 a pretty good mindset. 
Yeah. So far, he remains in the running for Good Dad Award. Yeah. <laughs> the, the rare Cosmere good parent. We start to hear uh, some about the 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 town of Hearthstone itself. Uh, it's a they say it's large but fairly remote, uh, so it's uh, still pretty pretty rural. You know, Liren wears wears glasses and is very careful with them because they'd be very difficult to to repair. Uh, there's we get the the beginnings of there's there's kind of a a somewhat tense relationship between uh, Liren and his family and the rest of of the town uh, in that he he's somewhat strange for being more educated and a, a little bit more uh, solitary but uh, but he he does important work you know it's uh, very valuable to have a a skilled surgeon so he is uh, he, he's been helping the people of the town yeah I love the little description of like, well, the clock for one thing, mm-hmm. the only person who cares about time, um, <laughs> and it's like it's, it's just so interesting to see that like rural yet technological kind of deal mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> yeah, he has a clock, which is, it's the only one in town because he's the only one who who needs that actual precise timing for everyone else probably you know looking at the at where the sun is in the sky is totally fine good enough but uh yeah he he proceeds with uh with uh, operating on this this young woman's hand uh apparently it's bad enough that she's she's going to have to lose one of the fingers uh which Cal is, is able to identify uh, and even during this very tense moment, uh, Liren has, is is a little proud that Cal is is starting to learn these things to be able to identify things like that. Of this is what you can save, and this is what you can't. And then there's a uh, there's a mention of Cal is is thinking of what the rest of the town is going to think about this, uh, because yes, he is going to to managed to save most of her hand and and that's a tremendous thing considering how badly it was injured but cal thinks that her parents are going to say she lost a finger and that's what they're going to focus on and so that that difference between i saved so much versus but you failed in this one particular case i i think is a an interesting way of looking at it from from either side from either perspective then we get the bomb drop that uh of the name of his younger brother yeah we we'd heard tian's name a couple of times we heard it just in the last chapter but now that we are 9 years in the past we can actually hear some some details we have uh cal's family uh we have lear in here his father we have cal i don't think we get his mother's name yet we do. Uh, okay, we do. Hesina yeah, is Hesina. listed on. Oh yeah, towards uh, the beginning of the chapter. And his uh, his younger brother Tien. Am I wrong? This is the, is this the first time we know that his younger brother's name is Tien? I think that yeah, that is that is a reveal. I think yeah, I think we'd gotten all of the 
pieces like barely scattered here and there but this is this is the on page kaladin has a younger brother named tian who he thought he recognized in a soldier and then that soldier gorily died yep ow not nice not bad (laughs) well let's uh let's read about what uh, cal and tian were up to uh which is they were hanging out with uh with jam who is not at all related to the the jam that shalon is a fan of so it's just a kid named jam Jam content this week how do you know (laughs) fetch me what what do you like shalon jam let it be so absolutely shows back up with a man This, like, random kid from the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go all the way to Hearthstone for this. Shalon, you better be happy with this. <laughs> or you flip it, and, like, this... When they're talking about jam right here, they're just talking about, like, a jar of jam. <laughs> <laughs> jam is two years your senior. We've been aging it for 12 years. thrown out. <laughs> God damn it, Kaladin. Get it out of my pantry. <laughs> I love Jam. But uh yeah, what uh, what this person named Jam was doing was uh training with the quarter staff. And uh we have uh we have a sign of a bit of, of tension here, which is that Cal really likes the idea of being a soldier, of going to fight in Amaram's army. You know, such a a noble thing. You know, what what would that be like to to go join the army and, and and do those things and uh Liren has a somewhat more grounded opinions of uh you know well you know you 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 like to hear from from jam's father who who was a soldier well you know i know a lot about jam's father when i've had to repeatedly operate on his leg that got hurt when he was a soldier so yeah the Liren definitely not uh, not quite a fan of of Cal's ambitions here, and we actually we see uh, feels like one of the times it feels like this is a thing that Liren perhaps has said often, uh, but the the quote that Cal was thinking about just last chapter, where Liren says there are there are people who save lives and there are people who take lives, and he seems to have very strong opinions on which of those two you should be. And uh, Cal is is saying, you know, there's there's no brave tales of 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 stories of surgeons, and and Liren says, well, the people who you affect as a surgeon, their families, themselves, they they will tell stories about surgeons. So there's there's more to this than perhaps your 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 mind for glory has. I don't know, man. I've had one fairly major surgery and my surgeon ends up in news stories all the time because he's in a jam band that does a charity concert say, doesn't he year. like play guitar he does in a hawaiian shirt and he also saved my life so it's very weird <laughs> that's where he gets his glory <laughs> not from the life-saving but from the jam band <laughs> from the jam band this More whole jam, jam content <laughs> More jail. Dad, no one ever tells stories about surgeons. Well, son, let me go grab my acoustic and show you something I've been working on. <laughs> yeah. we'll see how you feel about that in just a second. 
Check this shit out. <laughs> well, son, check this shit out. Lowers sunglasses. <laughs> at the uh, at the close of this chapter, we just we get a couple of more kind of loose connections so far. Uh, Lyran has a kind of impromptu quiz session with Kaladin to make sure he's keeping up with his studies. Do you know what what Winterwart does? Can you tell if someone has fiddlepox? All of those important things. And uh, it sounds like Cal has been doing pretty well with these studies. And the plan is for him to go to Carbranth to to study with the the surgeons in the hospitals there. And uh, that would be that would be more of a, an accomplishment than Liren himself managed. So it's a it's a big plan, and uh, we're going to go right back to, to chapter eleven, and and we'll have to figure out what happened in these past nine years. I mean, we already have the question of what happened in the past five years to get Cal from the army to Bridge Four. But now we also need to know what happened to get him from Hearthstone to the army. So there are some some conspicuous time gaps, and we'll have to fill those in. Yeah, and we know it's not going to be good. It's it is <laughs> it's it's pretty sad in this chapter to see like you know, Kaladin felt weird about Sill calling him Cal, and in this chapter he's like happy that his nickname is Cal. And he's excited to join the army, and he's excited to meet a light eyes because they're all so cool. Um, just a lot of like punches in the gut of knowing mm-hmm. how badly things are going to get for him with these specific details that keep getting brought up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we will we will look to chapter eleven droplets for the finish of our episode and the finish of uh, of part one. We we hear. That uh, three of sixteen ruled, but now the broken one reigns, which is ominous and not very informative. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's worth noting also that this is from eleven seventy three, and most of what we've seen is a little older than that, by a couple years. Yeah. Okay. Some of the some of the years are getting funky. And this time, they're gonna get funky. <laughs> Collected 23 seconds before death. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have to try to segue from that into the chapter where Calden thinks about killing himself. Oh, boy. Clap, clap, clap your hands. (laughs) (laughs) You're You're not not allowed to segue. (laughs) I'm going to try desperately. Happy fun (laughs) podcast to tell good jokes, fun jokes, podcast. Funny jokes. Clap your hands for killing yourself. God damn it. Jesus. Okay, go. I'm getting out ahead of the we're not doing a big ups joke for this one. No, I'm, I'm no. saying it now. <laughs> There's no no big ups for that. No. Let's uh let's just see what uh what Kaladin has here. Uh it we we go back to the present day uh, right after a uh a high storm. It's still it's still pretty rainy out. Uh but it is it is the worst of it is gone. This is, you know, merely a bad rain and not a, a gigantic storm. Uh, and Cal is is just heading outside. It's uh, not pleasant out, but he's he's got something he thinks he needs to do. And uh, very briefly, we run into Gaz, who is also out in this miserable rain. Uh, he actually has a, a task at hand. 
the the way that the the spheres work is that they they glow with uh with light and when you leave them out in the storm they get kind of charged back up and then they'll gradually fade and so if you don't really have access to uh, better options you can do that yourself you can take all your cash and put it out in the storm and then hope that it's there when you come back and so that's what what gaz is up to he's he's out early to go go get his money before somebody else does gaz is uh is uh starts yelling at cal as he's going past just because gaz is perpetually angry at these people and uh cal is is not really reacting and, and says i'm going to the honor chasm and i think this is a a powerful scene here even this part with gaz where that shuts him up he says okay uh, i'm gonna let you do that and then briefly cuts back in to say well leave the sandals leave the vest i don't want to have to go down and get them but yeah he's he's gonna let kaladin go i don't even know what to say yeah this is not let's keep going this is yeah this is the honor chasm we we've seen it mentioned a couple times but it, it's spelled out here this is the uh kind of the the only decision that that the bridgemen are allowed is they can go to the chasm and throw themselves in and and that's the plan you know we 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 get cal takes a moment to to look and and think he he says you know maybe Maybe we all should have become surgeons. Maybe you you can't do anything good by by killing people. And he he's just kind of rambling to nobody. And then and then Syl shows back up. And and here we get it's we'll talk about how it's it's a weird kind of ironic twist here, but we get a scene that actually has some good for for Kaladin. It is the barest minimum of good in that it is i am not going to kill myself today but that's a start and we can we can go somewhere from there it's it's very telling for how much your life sucks when the thing that sort of snaps you out of this moment is someone handing you poison there's some poison i i love this so much like it's you can't really take the time to laugh at it right now but Syl has kind of like latched on to one little detail of Kaladin used to be carrying these leaves and he was a little more determined and a little more ready to fight then. And now he doesn't have the leaves and it's worse. So I'm going to go get the leaves and bring them to him because that will help. And it like, it doesn't actually make any sense or, or have any actual connection there but but somehow it works because she did a thing for him and came back with these leaves and and it gets him to take another look and i i love this scene yeah it's, it's really so sweet the kind of childlike um lack of logic but full of intent right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. just one more run and yeah, that's that's the start of it. We Cal turns around from the chasm, he heads back into the camp, and 
we have we have one more scene here with with Gaz before uh, one more scene and then and then an, another in the the barracks itself and like it's such a small thing that Kaladin is is taking he, he's doing something for himself he's taking some agency and that's going to be the start and it's not much yet but it's a huge change to even even have that start so we can we can see that he he comes back into camp goes uh goes right back to to gaz uh who is uh is still in a bad mood and and says you know i'm i'm not going to not going to give you back your gear you already gave that up uh and cal just like decks him which is uh <laughs> is good and well deserved and Choke Cal slams him. Yeah. <laughs> and and Cal says, I died out there. This is all new. We're starting over. This is how it's going to be. And the the first thing that he does is he claims Bridge 4 as his own. He says, I'm the bridge leader. And that's Gaz says, Yeah, fine, go for it. I don't I don't care. It's bridge four. But it's <laughs> it's a thing that that's Cal has now and he can he can have that. He also says he's uh he's not going to he's going to stop putting his his wages directly into his his slave debt and he's actually going to get paid uh the the tiny tiny amount that bridgemen do get paid, he's going to actually take that wage. Uh and then he he offers Gaz a bribe essentially. He says I I get uh I for for every uh every 5 marks I get you get one to stay the damnation out of my way. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, well, let's let's see Cal do some stuff. And uh the the first thing that he's going to do as the the leader of Bridge 4 is learn everyone's names because that's not even a thing they've done yet because there's no point to because you're just gonna die so the, the first he he goes back into the barracks he finds the 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 first person it's a an, an older guy he's got uh kind of, kind of graying hair and uh he he says what's your name and the man says storm off tries to go back to bed and uh Cal eventually says, I will drag you outside in the storm if you do not tell me your name. So let's start with that. <laughs> and he says, okay, my name's Teft. He says, I'm Kaladin, your bridge leader. And uh, that's that's where we start. And we we actually get one one line that I think we can appreciate as, as Cal being in a good mood. He he says we're gonna have a hard day tomorrow, and and Tef says, "Well, how do you know?" And he says, "Cause we're Bridgman. Every day is a hard day." <laughs> Speaking of names, we do get a really nice line that I love. Of he couldn't be the guy he used to be, but he could learn from that man. Caledon Stormblasted was dead, but Caledon Bridgman was of the same blood, a descendant with potential. It's very cool. I really like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But. Yeah, we as we wrap up the chapter, Kaladin has has decided we're going to give it one more go. These are going to be the people that I protect. 
and and this is bridge four and there is the end of part one hell yeah back in the game kaladin is making a bridgeman union yeah <laughs> hell that's yeah. all they need local four <laughs> Arise and seize the day. <laughs> so yeah, we've uh, we've finished part one of this uh, this five part volume here, and we've we've seen Kaladin at some terribly low places, and we've seen him start to make a turn for for somewhere to go. We we hope. Uh, and we've seen Shalon just have a, a fun time in the City of Bells. <laughs> it is, like, Shalon's also got some shit going on, sure. but it is kind of funny to frame it as that. <laughs> like, yeah. And, now, and Shalon's fun adventure in the big city, <laughs> and Kaladin's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad life. I'm sure Zeth's also having a really fun, awesome time. I bet that's also going to be a fun adventure. <laughs> Shalon and Zeth would get along great. It's going to be awesome. Happy fun times for all. Yeah, it's kind of like the lyrics to Getting Better by the Beatles. It's getting better. Can't get much worse. We, uh, we certainly hope it can't get much worse. We've hit rock <laughs> bottom. We're bouncing. Let's, let's hope that that... Uh that bounce actually goes into some some actual momentum but yeah. uh we will we, we will see where we think this is uh this is going to go next uh we do have some some new characters here i was surprised that this is actually a, a fairly small set of characters to wrap up part one though we did we did see kind of where kaladin and, and shallan are going to be so we have one one more small set and then we'll head off into another part and meet a whole bunch of new characters uh but yeah we can we can add to the cast list and then we can see now at the end of a part where we're gonna go where we're gonna go next let's do it yeah as is our tradition sam do you want to start us off with this yes i do uh i have some not from the list uh and some that i left out but i'm filling in okay um so Yalb, uh, I'm going to go with Ethan Kutkowski, who's from Shameless. He's the the young young Gallagher from Shameless. Uh, I don't know. He could make a fun uh, fun Yalb. So there you go. He's the, the ride or die. Let's figure it out. Let's just make it up as we go. Well... I don't know about that, but in the in the in the show Shameless, he's not exactly that, but I could see him playing that pretty okay. well. So, um, Cabzal, I've got uh, Ty Simpkins because I'm trying to be appropriate here. He's the Mormon missionary from the Whale. Uh, okay. So, I think I had Ty Simpkins as Zane. <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, I did cast Dando's the Oil Sworn. Okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Hell right. Hell yeah. Uh, I cast him as Harpo Marks, uh, because I <laughs> because I just want his fucking portrait to be on the back of one of the books he wrote. Um, and then Shalan to like show off the book and be like, yeah, he had such a profound effect on the wor- on the world of art, and he's so profound and and. The, the wisdom he had to share with the world and meanwhile it's just 
Harpo. <laughs> Doing the face. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Um, Artmern, uh, another face. Uh, I went with Steven Root, who's from Dodgeball and other things too. Um, but he's got a great, like, shocked expression in Dodgeball that he wears for most <laughs> of the movie. Um, that I imagine he'll he'll need for this role. Um, as the the merchant who gets just dunked on. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. He does do that. Lirin uh, shelf for now. Okay. We'll, we'll, I'll have a Lirin later. Um, I have a lock in for Gaz because I was kind of split last time. If you recall, between Ron Perlman and Abraham Ben Ruby. Yep. Uh, I'm going with Abraham Ben Ruby. Um, okay. Hell yeah. Because I don't see Ron Perlman accepting a leg sweep into a rocky puddle for any amount of money. <laughs> Um, he would not <laughs> allow that, so Abraham Ben Ruby maybe would. Um, and either one, like it was kind of a fifty-fifty split between the two, anyway. So Abraham, he's he's the guy. Um, and then Teft, uh, I'm going to the wrestler. That's okay. right. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm going with Adam Copeland, aka Edge, um, the wrestler. Because he's older, he has brown eyes, he has drooping cheeks a little. He's got fucked up cheeks. Uh, and he's got close-cropped hair and a close-cropped beard. Um, he's also got a kind of, like, ragged strength and always has through his whole career. He's not, like, a muscle guy. He's just a, you know, how is this guy so strong guy, basically. Okay. Um, which I imagine Teft and other Bridgman in general probably have that, that kind of strength, that variety. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Um, I think that's it for me. Okay. Uh, I can... Although I, I do deeply appreciate the image of having that Harpo Marx portrait on the, the back of this, this art book. Um, I can actually tell you this is, uh, this is another Brandon cameo. Uh, this is, in fact, the artist Dan Dos Santos... Uh, who has illustrated uh, several magic cards because Brandon is a magic nerd. Uh, and I don't know if he did any of the art for this book. Let me check that. Uh, but I know he's done some Cosmere art. Oh, some lovely art there. Captivating glance is like Kaladin to Sill. Uh, he, okay, he's done some... Stormlight interior art in the next book, and he did the cover of Warbreaker. Nice. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Caleb, how about yours for this week's episode? Sure. I've got one recast because I needed to measure the vibes just a little bit more before I, I made this call. Um, I'm recasting Syl as Sarah Williams, who is the voice of Puck from Berserk. Because that's what Sill is. It's just it's literally the same thing. So let's just <laughs> let's make sure we get, let's let's just get that fun connection in there. Um, uh, I I'm realizing I'm still keeping Alex Wolf as Kaladin for now. I am realizing if he's one of the only white people in my cast, depending on where Kaladin's story goes, might really be setting up for a white savior narrative. In which case, I might rethink things. Um, but for now, 
we're keeping them. We'll, I'm, I'm keeping that in mind, but we're, we're, that's where we're going. We're keeping it there for now. Um, I, as usual, went overboard, but I will speed through some of the more <laughs> minor characters. Um, as Brother Capsall, I have David Alvarez, uh, who was, uh, I know him as Bernardo from the new West Side Story movie. Um, uh, just seems like he could be a, a, a fun, charming guy. Um, as Art Mern, I might be hitting this casting button too soon. I might want to save this guy for something bigger. But I've casted Michael P. Sullivan, a.k.a. Doug the Lawyer from the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Oh, we Doug posting now, lads! Oh, you know I'm Doug posting. <laughs> God bless this guy. He has such a presence. It's not like a noble presence, but it is a presence. Oh, yeah, character actor. If you, uh, for some reason have not seen the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, he plays a lawyer who, the, like, erstwhile just sort of shitty people of the movie just casually discuss crimes in front of and he keeps trying to leave he's like i should not hear this i'm your lawyer and they're like doug sit down also worth noting no impact on the plot whatsoever he does not need to be there his existence no. is only hey it would be funny if there was a lawyer who was stressed out about being here and that's it that's the only reason he's in the movie it's true and Michael P. Sullivan did a great job. It's true. Everyone go follow him on TikTok. <laughs> what? What? Oh, why would he have a TikTok? Because he has to get his appetizers. He wants his appetizers in the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, and he never gets them, even though Matt Pat tried to give them to him. Spoilers for the movie. This is a real movie that exists. I saw it with Fuck. my eyes. I'm still just blo Why does he have a TikTok? I think like, he made it after the internet fell in love with Doug of Five Nights at Freddy's. And he was like, well, gotta give the people what they want. This is oh not a God. Beth and me thing. The internet no. loves Doug the lawyer. <laughs> All right. You kids. <laughs> and your baseball and scooters. <laughs> Anyways. Um... <laughs> Uh, as Loresh, who has actually shown up before, but we didn't get a very good description until this chapter. I have Peter Shinkoda, um, who was Nobu from Daredevil. Might be wasting him on a small role, but that's where I'm keeping for now, just because I need to have someone. If we get dialogue and a physical description and a name, gotta cast him. Um, uh, we do have, uh, I feel like we should cast someone else as young Kaladin, since that's 10 years old a little bit. Um, uh, removed uh, from the Kaladin we know. So I've cast Lucas Grant, who plays Garrett in the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Um, God damn it. <laughs> that's, I thought about going all in, but those are the only two from Five Nights at Freddy's this week. Um, as uh, Liren, I got inspiration from a flashback in Better Call Saul, where we see um, uh, Jimmy and Chuck's dad. Um, I have Raphael Sabarge who is probably better known to at least some of the uh, co-hosts on this podcast, uh -huh. is the good old scratchy voice of Kate and Elenko. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, next up, I did cast Sonny, just because we get a physical description. Technically, no dialogue, but whatever. Um, Akira Akbar, who played um, young Monica Rambo in the Captain Marvel movie in the first one. Um, and then sticking with the MCU as Teft, I have Ma Dong-suk, who was in Eternals. 
<laughs> can I cast uh, Laresh a little late? Absolutely. Because I was kicking this around. Um, I just think for funsies, I want to cast, like, as the unimportant roles that aren't going to show up again, um, I just want to cast, like, actors, like, bad actors from shitty movies. <laughs> <laughs> So, as a joke so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with jason kulas from after last season uh who plays the main uh male star in that movie um just because he's got black hair oh yeah okay there we go yeah i probably should have put um young kaladin on the list because uh, we are going to see him again more later so Sam, if you want to come back to that one in a future episode, feel free to do so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We now have we have the end of a part, which always does give us a uh, kind of a, a bit more of a. Uh, it it either gives us like somewhere clear to look at predictions of what's the the big next step, or it kind of wraps things up and we need to actually figure out where where we're going. So. One of those two things will be the case. And I will start by asking Sam what uh, what you think is up next for Kaladin and for Shallan. Okay. So I did I did a weird thing with my predictions this time. Because um, I'm, I'm trying out something new, like, whatever, 168 books in, um, to try and gin up some more content. Um, which is that I'm writing down questions as I have them and then addressing them later on. So there you go. Uh, I might skip some in my notes because there's a lot. Uh, anyway, uh, here we go. Um, first big question is, what does Sam think about Spren? Oh, get ready. <laughs> here comes the hatred. I actually quite like them. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Um, not only do they give this distinct feeling of this ain't earth, but also they appear to be tied to like essences of things. Um, we've seen flame spread, death, life, creation, rot, wind, pain, fear. There's all sorts, but they're all tied to these fundamental elements. And that's kind of cool and interesting. Um, at first it was really intrusive, <laughs> but now that it's more passive, I'm, I'm a lot cooler with it. So the, the oh, fundamental spread. essence of rot that's just the <laughs> essence of rot, but I don't I, know. I, I like them. I'm I like I can feel myself getting on board with them. I just I I think you make a good point about them being tied to essences, but I still I think my main hang-up is like I want there to be some consistency as to why there's a spren for this but not for that, and I I, I don't think I've quite parsed that in my brain yet. Caleb's not yet on the spren train, but we'll, we'll get him there. Do you, do you think there are trains, friend? <laughs> oh, not yet. We can only hope. Coal spren. Every train spren is a gift. Steam spren. <laughs> hey. Um. Okay. Uh. How did Chelan's dad die? Uh. We have intuited, uh, that whatever caused it possibly broke his soul caster in the process. Um. So I think what he tried, he either, there's two possibilities. Either A, he kept trying to make marble deposits and he didn't realize that like each one was uh, like a, an ocean gate, like a tiny like crack 
as you go along. Like, you can't keep doing this because eventually something will fail. Um, one of those deals. Or he tried to make something more valuable than marble, and there's, like, some kind of equivalent exchange alchemy rule that we haven't yet been briefed on because we don't know everything. We, we don't know much at all about the soul casting business. Um, so uh, I think that's might be what it is. Either he, he tried to make Marvel again and the universe said no, um, or he tried to make something more valuable in Marvel. So that's my prediction as to how he died. Uh, now, how's Shalane going to steal that dang soul caster? Uh, for one thing, she's going to be the one who, what does it say, destroys us? Yeah, one will destroy us. Yep, she's going to be the one. Um, because I think in the end of the day, uh, Yasna is the only one who can save the day, but Shalane kind of ruins that when Yasna tries to do so, and her soul caster won't work. Oh, jeez. Especially if the plan is for shallan to commit this theft like completely unnoticed i think we've we've seen that the plan is to swap the 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 devar family's broken one so yeah they're they're that's definitely a setup for a moment of yasna there to save the day by soul casting something and then it all goes wrong right it'll be like um like if somebody stole spidey's you know web shooters or something and then just as he's jumping out he's gonna sling his first sling and then nope one of those deals um let's see uh what are shalan's dad's maps which i think we even skimmed over um but what are they i don't know we don't know if they're <laughs> they're of places in yak heaven or places outside um I'm betting there were places you could conceivably make more marble for more money. Um, but we don't really know a thing about them. And I don't know if we're going to learn more because they're not present. <laughs> they're, they're hundreds of miles away. So did Kaladin actually go to Carbranth to be a surgeon or did he not? Um, for that one, I'm going to say he did, but he broke his word to his father and sought out the army while he was there. That's my prediction on that front um i'll just go into this one uh what's a better strategy than bridges sam <laughs> literally fucking anything well okay here you can use bridges uh but if you're gonna do it make the assaults fucking meaningful uh a, a ton of men died for example at normandy but they sent enough to make it decisive and not have to do it ten fucking times. They didn't just send a few gallivanting assholes on horseback and then say, we won, and went back. And then leave. They didn't do yeah. that. I, I still don't understand what they're trying to do. Like, going back to Normandy, they were trying to establish a foothold on mainland France to march toward Germany. Uh, what's the purpose of fighting on the Shattered Plains? Something about chrysalises and gemstones? I thought it was about avenging the death of the king. I don't know. It's weird. Um, I'm reminded of the Hundred Years' War. Uh, <laughs> time to piss off some Europeans. Uh, ever wonder why oh, it took a yeah. hundred fucking years? Uh, because it was mostly royalty fucking around. And yet peasants like suffered greatly in the war, died in massive numbers, their houses were burned down. 
horrible. They made a bunch of royalty, made a bunch of truces and kept breaking them because the royalty decided they just weren't quite done fucking around. Like, ugh! To our European audience, you know what? You want to have a fight with me about this? Take a vacation to Michigan, fly in an airplane, and we can talk about over cookies and coffee. Make sure you bring a sweater and take the elevator up to my second floor apartment. And you can color in the gaps in my knowledge. And that goes doubly true for you, Mark. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> European Mark, you know who you are. Yeah, let's let's have this debate from present day Europeans about this war that was 700 years ago. That's right. Yeah. And entirely fought in Europe. I know all about it. Um, but anyway, uh, here's the facts, the nitty gritty. Um, bridgemen are the single most important unit in your army. Without them, you have no assaults. Why would you treat them like shit? You need them to do anything. With... Uh, 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 ah! <laughs> it's, it's killing me. I want Kaladin to show him a better way. Show him a better way, Cal. Please. There's got to be a better way. There must be. Oh my god, black and white. Like, um... it's Yeah, like his entire crew getting murdered, but it's just like the cheesy music in black and white and Kaladin's like shrugging. I don't know how to do better than this. <laughs> There's got to be a better way. Well, we've got just the thing for you. <laughs> Fucking shields. <laughs> oh my god. Um, anyway, uh, rattling these off. Uh, is Kaladin going to say fuck this and join the Parshendi and fight the Alethi? Which I said, I think, last episode. If you look at who he was as a kid, which we now know, he was pretty patriotic. Um, this seems oddly kind of possible. Why mention that, if not a foil as to how he is now? The problem is, to borrow a Reddit-ism, ESH. Everyone sucks here. Um <laughs> Parshendi broke the treaty instantly for no reason other than spite in a very public way. Um, the Alethi, meanwhile, appear to not be fighting to actually win, but rather for glory, to, to be cool dudes, to thin out the undesirables in their population by having them run into arrows. What? I don't know. So everyone sucks here. So that's problem one. Problem two is that's the plot of Dune. Um, and that book's been written. So... I don't know. Well, that's still a bookmark question. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, and then my last one. Here we go. Uh, what's the overarching plot and how do these characters connect? I think the overarching plot is the hidden additional factor here. Uh, the storm. Um, I think it's going to become much more important. I think even though no one is really noticing, high storms might be getting worse. Um, we saw that it caused a minor cave-in at the, the conclave. Um, we keep seeing them, you know, batter people and things in the battlefield and the Shattered Plains, that kind of deal. Um, so I think the storm is encroaching. The one problem with that is that's the overarching plot of Game of Thrones. The winter is coming shtick. Um, I don't know. I've neither seen the series nor read the books, and don't ask me to or I will decline. Um, politely. So, <laughs> that's what I've heard. 
Fair. I heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend. So I have sub-questions related to this big question. Uh, what does a soul caster have to do with repelling the storm? I don't know. Um, how is Kaladin, who appears to be just trying to survive, going to play a pivotal role? I don't know either. Um, and who is the prince? And what role will he play in all this? Yeah, I haven't gotten to that yet. Yeah, we've seen the other three. Uh, that's the assassin. I'm not taking that again. That's the assassin. Kaladin is presumably the surgeon. Um, even though he kind of only ever sort of wanted to be, barely. Um, and Shalan is obviously the liar. The prince, I think, is going to be Alethi. Um, I think he and Kaladin are going to connect uh, in their kind of stories here. Um, and I think Kaladin's going to sway his opinion of war and convince him to shit or get off the pot on the fucking shattered planes already. <laughs> or just make another treaty. I don't know. But that's my, my theories for this section. But that's just a theory. <laughs> Actual line of dialogue from the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Why is Matt Pat in that fucking movie? <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. God, I'm so I'm gonna go into the anecdote. I'm so mad because I made Five Nights at Freddy's bingo and I put Markiplier cameo on there, and then I thought about putting a Matt Pat cameo, and I was like no, they're probably only, only going to do one, and they were gonna, they're going to do Markiplier before they do MatPat. Turns out, they had planned to do Markiplier cameo, but then the scheduling didn't work out, because he's off making his own indie video game movie, and they only brought in MatPat, so I didn't get a bingo. Well, so you close. may or may not have a bingo. <laughs> That's true. There is a question mark of, I don't know if I got this square checked off or not. We won't know until the sequel. <laughs> A uh, 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 three years in the waiting bingo. <laughs> bingo pending. All right. Well, uh, in the meantime, while we're trying to figure out if, if Caleb does in fact have Five Nights at Freddy's bingo, uh, <laughs> we can uh, we can look at this book instead. <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. I got as usual scattered thoughts today. Some items. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, first question, just kind of in a world, a couple world building questions. Um, we talked about last time of how like seasons don't quite mean the same thing on this planet as they do um, on Earth. And I guess my question is knowing how tides work. I'm curious if having multiple moons affects the weather and possibly um, why the storms act the way they do. Um, just because I think that would be cool if that was part of the world building, but I don't know. Um, I, I think we get we get talk that you can't see Deathspren, but they are repelled by water. It would be really cool if Deathspren are just bacteria. That's just what they call bacteria. Um, and that made me think even more of, it would be even cooler if Spren are all bacteria, and they're just really weird because of Roshar, and these, like, singular cellular organisms have found a way to just grow big enough to be visible. Um, they would explain why they can kind of shapeshift. They're basically all amoebas. Um, doesn't really explain why there would be music spren, because uh, I don't think bacteria are capable of uh, having auditory sensing. But um, 
don't know. It'd be cool. Again, I'm looking for like a logical through line as to why Spren are the way they are, and that would be a fun one. Next up, I don't have much for Kaladin. This is just my kind of guess as to how, where his story is going to go next. I think his new determination is going to give hope to the bridge crew for a while. Things will seem to be looking up, but then everyone's going to die again. <laughs> but by making their lives better in the meantime, Kaladin will still be able to uh, stay away from rock bottom like he was in this chapter. He's, he's, he is going to improve just slowly. It's not going to be as idealistic okay, I'm back in the game, everything is fixed forever. Um, I do have quite a th few things with Shallan to talk about. Um, first thing is actually just slightly related in that she was like, why are they talking about five kingdoms? I thought there were only four. I'm guessing Shinovar is the fifth kingdom that's been excluded from some forms of history. Um, and they've tried to kind of write that away and be like, no, we don't associate with them. Um, it's mentioned that her older brother, Helleran, has disappeared. My theory, he's, he's definitely not dead. We're going to find him at some point, and he's going to be doing some shit that's important in some way. This is not the first time I have heard that a main character has a brother, and I've been like, surely he's going to show up at some point, and then, it, no, he was dead the whole time. But <laughs> it might happen this time. I guess this is, yeah, this is a continuation of the Fool Caleb Once section from last week. Because um, here I am again being like, yeah, that older brother, definitely going to still be alive. But anyways, I had a thought of it would be kind of cool if Brother Capsol is like secretly Zeth and just no one knows what Zeth looks like. Because I think it's, I think it's fun. I think it's talked about this. Um, the Game of Thrones books did do this at some point of... You're introduced to a quote-unquote new character, and he's meeting a bunch of characters who would have no reason to have met another character from elsewhere. And so it's like a plot twist that, oh, no, it's that character I'm super familiar with already. He was just going by a different name, meeting completely new people, and they had no idea, no reason to think it was that first guy. But the personalities are way off. I feel like that's, that's highly, highly unlikely. Just a fun thought. It'd be fun if that happened. What would also be fun, and this is an actual theory now, is that Brother Capsule is also trying to steal Yasna's Soulcaster. I think it would be fun if this turns into a whole ass who steals it first, who can get to it first. Um, Shallan is like, for some reason, I feel the need, the urge to be near Yasna for a long period of time. I don't know why, but that's vital to my plan. And Capsule's like, no, nah, I'm just going to steal it. I think the the first thing that you said about him when we met him was I don't trust him. So that's your I like him, but I don't trust him. Okay. Yeah. This this is this is what I mean by that. Is I think it, I I'm I'm hoping that his character will prove to be likable but untrustworthy. Okay. Um I think Yasno will be impressed by like Shalon's capital M memories. She's going to be like, "Ooh, what's going on there?" Um, and I also think Yasna's research and studies are going to be something really, really important and plot relevant and perhaps related to the titular Stormlight Archive. Um, and now Shallan is going to get dragged into that storyline. Um, going out on a limb here, because I know this is, this is, this is a little wacky, but Shallan can get like a perfect memory of something and then she can draw it. She can, she can write it down onto something, and then she's like, all right, well, now I don't really have that memory anymore. It's kind of lost for me. Which feels a lot like Farukami. It feels like Coppermountain. That's, like, 
that that power set is very very similar of you can have the memory stored but then once you like put the memory down it's not it's not firmly in your brain anymore but it's also taxes her mind so like if it is Furukumi, it would need to be like she's got copper on her and she doesn't even realize it probably and also have no idea how a Farukamis could just show up on a different planet. I don't know how all of these different worlds like collide in different ways. Um, so I'm not putting a ton of chips on it, but it'd be a really neat connection if if that's actually a magic system we've already seen because it does feel very similar to one we've already seen. Um, I'll put more chips on that theory if Yasna is like, what the fuck? I've never seen anybody do this before. What you're describing is something that is completely unknown to me. Then I'm going to be like, hmm, all right, there's something to that. But if Yasna goes, oh, cool, you have the soul caster, you have the memory of a soul caster, then it's like, okay, clearly that's part of just this magic system. But it would be neat. Um, as for why the soul caster is broken, I think there's probably going to be something where, like, Shalon doesn't seem to really know exactly how soul casting works. I imagine that each Fabriol uh, is probably tied to the user in some way. Um, and so it's literally just because the dad died, now the Soulcaster doesn't work. You have to do something else with the Soulcaster to attune it to another user or something. And then I have one last Shalon theory that I can't... I can't tell if this is a theory or if I'm just going to say a spoiler because it feels... We've gotten, we've gotten really, like, Brandon tries to pass them by, tried to slip it past me, but also reading them, it's like, how else can I interpret that now? Because there's a weird moment where she has a memory saying, Nonbalot bruised, his coat torn, a long silvery sword in her hand, sharp enough to cut stones as if they were water. First time I read that, I was like, okay, weird pronoun game happening. There's some female attacker that she's remembering that had a shard blade. And then later on in the chapter... She mentions that she has a secret hidden 10 heartbeats away, which is not the first time we have heard 10 heartbeats as a unit of measurement. Does Shalon just have a shard blade and she's not telling anybody? What, Brandon, what the hell's going on here? Anyways. I, I have put that down with five question marks after it over the, the <laughs> impact that that would have. Right. It's not a question mark in terms of my confidence level. I'm very confident because... What the hell else could those two passages mean? The question marks are, why, how, how have we gotten hints that... It's weird, because they're subtle, because they're barely mentioned, and then Brandon just moves forward, hoping you don't notice. But also, if you do notice them, they're very blatant. So, I can't even tell if this is meant to be a twist at this point, or if it's just Brandon telling me something, and being like, maybe you, maybe you picked up on that, maybe you didn't, but it's here now. So... Yeah, question marks indicating, yes, impact, and also, what the hell, where did that come from? Um, but, yeah, I'm, I, I feel like it has to be that, because then those two passages don't make any sense if it's not that. Anyways. <laughs> um, now I've got some world-building questions that I don't have a lot of uh, direct theories for. Um there's mention of one of the epigraphs says they bring the dark so you can see if their bodies are aflame, which sounds a lot like that spooky sun thing we heard um, from a different epigraph. But it also, we know that using stormlight, like magically like Zeth did, you absorb all the light from around you. So it could be referring to that. But also Zeth got, he felt 
colder when he used Stormlight, or at least his clothes got colder. I forget mm-hmm. exactly um, uh, how it was described. So it, it's not. I don't think it ever described him as looking like he was a flame. So I don't know if that's exactly what's going on. Maybe the Void Bringers look like they're on. Hang on. <laughs> Did we... flip him. I think that might maybe it's a reference to the Voidbringers because I think it, in the very very first prelude it's mentioned that like, um, Kalak watches. Yeah 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 yeah. He sees that there's a fire within, but it's fading as the as the Voidbringer is dying. So maybe that's referring to a Voidbringer because apparently they look like they're there's a fire within them when they're alive. Um. So anyways, that's kind of cool. Um. Next one. Three of sixteen ruled, but now the broken one reigns. What a strange sentence! Because we've seen, we've seen from Sazed that the number sixteen is not only important to Skadriel; it's probably important to a lot of the Cosmere. But now in this book, ten is the important number. Everything's about ten. There's mm-hmm. ten essences. There's ten heralds. Ten's all over the place. So it's, I don't know, it's wacky. I really would have expected 6 out of 16 ruled to differentiate that between 10. So the fact that it's 3 out of 16 is weird. The Broken One reigns. Is that a reference to the fact that there's a bunch of different shards on this planet and those have probably all been broken? Were there originally 16 of them and now there's 10? What happened to the others? I don't know. There's a bunch of questions I have, but I feel like that epigraph is going to have more significance later on. I just don't have any specifics as to why. The The thing about the epigraphs is they're very clearly collected by a bunch of different people who have no internal style guide because the, the way they're formatted are all over the place. Some people are really <laughs> abrupt. Some people don't give any physical description about the, the um, speaker. Um, so, yeah, they, they need a style guide, but clearly... Um, it's, it's a bunch of different people, um, collecting these, or it feels clear to me. That might not, maybe it's just, it's one person with no internal consistency. Um, I had a thought of like, is it the heralds collecting these? But that doesn't really make sense because of the years, unless there's shit happening with the heralds we don't know about. And the heralds are all just walking around. Um, there's a, here's, here's a probably won't happen. Would be interesting if. Um, all the heralds seem to be able to remember all their past lives. So, is there a chance that they've been like reincarnated or something? Kaladin definitely gives off Talonel vibes of man, your life fucking sucks. I'm sorry for you, dude. Um, we're gonna have a prince figure like Yezrian. Um, and then this is the I, I st- I'm not I don't think it's gonna be reincarnation, but I did pick up on a lot of um. Our characters resemble the characters that we see in the in the uh, the like image headers, and some of them are tied to others. And I've been taking some notes um, in the prologue when Zeth kills the king. Um, we have a crowned herald figure on that chapter. We have what I've lovingly labeled as Assassino, Ave Maria, Darth Monk. Um, all three of those are all associated with Kaladin chapters. Um, we have Calm Enchantress, Windswept Enchantress, and Ardent Man. These are all heralds as well. There's a, there's, um, several figures that just look kind of like general sorceress vibes. Um, and then one guy who is bald and with a beard, who interestingly shows up as the header for the first chapter where we meet Brother Cabsol, our first 
ardent character who is important. Um, the windswept uh, enchantress figure uh, shows up um, in the header for chapters where Yasna is important. Like a lot of these faces that we keep seeing at the start of every chapter, a lot of times seem tied to a specific character, which I think is interesting. In terms of uh, heralds we have not seen in, in the chapters yet, but looking at the 10 that are lining the, the border of the um, very, very first page of the book, we have who I have lovingly referred to as Helmet Hair, Little Page Boy, and Headband Queen are the ones we haven't seen yet. These are some good names. So, yeah. The only one I know, I, I, the one with the crown, I assume is Yezrian, and I have no way of knowing what, who any of the other ones are, so they all get these fun names instead. Anyways... I don't have any, like, <laughs> concrete theories, but I'm taking notes. I've started taking notes of which Herald appears at the start of each chapter, trying to see if there's any connection with the content of the chapter. Um, and so I guess my last theory is, I don't think it's going to be reincarnation, but I'm curious. We've seen one of the one of the epigraphs mentions, like, they shall burn as we once did in a place that is hollow and forlorn, which sounds a lot like when Kalak was like, man, I hope I don't get sent back to hell for a little while when I die. Um, so it seems like multiple people are having to deal with whatever that is. And also, if they, if all these people are tied to the Oath Pact, but then they did presumably all die of old age, unless heralds make you, being a herald makes you immortal. But if not, is there a chance that, like, maybe not reincarnated, but maybe the, like, the role of being a herald and a shard wielder passes on to someone else once you die? This is a thing, this is a plot line that is mentioned as in Attack on Titan of this might happen at some point, but then it never actually does happen of someone just dies normally, uh, a power they have could get just like randomly sent to someone else who gets born. Um, they'll just randomly inherit it. And I'm curious if that might be what's happening. Yeah, it's weird, man. These, these heralds, they're weird. I don't know what the deal is, which is a really fun note to end on because that is all I have. Okay, yeah. That's weird. I do uh I do like where we're going here. We've got uh a a whole spectrum of things. I think Sam might have been a little more on the what's going to be happening next this week. For sure. But uh yeah, we'll we'll have to see. Uh I will say that for our next episode, we're going to we're going to have to take a a brief pause before we figure out what happens next because uh, for our next episode, we're going to get to one of my favorite little things of the the Stormlight books, because uh, as we we have seen in the the chapter list, I think this was still in the the chapter list without names that I sent you. Uh, we have interludes. This is something that uh, the Stormlight books do between each of the parts. Uh, we're going to have three interlude chapters, and then we're going to also have chapter twelve in next episode the first proper chapter of part two. Uh, but the interludes, uh, I was thinking about this a bit ago, I would put them in kind of three categories. Uh, they can be uh, just kind of pure world building, where we're going to go somewhere on Roshar and look at something neat in a, an unrelated scene, kind of a like a, a, a micro short story. They can also be kind of pre-staging uh, characters or places that are going to become relevant later and we're getting some of the backstory now so that when they show up we already have that context 
or they can be kind of like the the marsh chapters in hero of ages where there is a storyline going on and we're going to check back in with it from time to time uh, so we have three interludes uh, as you can see on the uh, the very next page after we finish chapter 11 uh, these three interludes are Ishik, Nonbalat, and Zeth. So uh, I think you can tell which of those three is going to be the uh, ongoing story that we're checking back in on. <laughs> Nonbalat is an interesting name to hear, though. But uh, yeah, we will uh, we'll see uh, some things around Roshar, and then we will come back with uh, part two, uh, a single chapter of at least, for, for next episode. Uh, one kind of question I do want to pre-stage for one of our interludes, though. Uh, in in one of our interludes, we're going to have uh, some characters who are looking for someone from off-world. And those characters are also from off-world. You'll, you'll be able to tell pretty pretty clearly, I think, that they're, uh, they're not from around here. Uh, a couple of them we've seen before. So... I want you to keep an eye out and see if we can figure out who is who's showing up here. Kaladin. I mean, oh, wait, not Kaladin. Kelsier. <laughs> now that would, you know, the the one who died in Final Empire. That would be interesting. Yeah. Force ghost. Elemancy <laughs> Al ghost. You know, it, I think it'd be really cool if we get a force ghost of Kelsier and a force ghost of Serene's mom. Because uh, those two characters, I think, mm. perfect. Their their perfect. view of the afterlife, I think, Caleb. would be really interesting to hear about. Caleb. Okay. Well, well, we'll see which of those two it is, <laughs> uh, because one of so those it two is one of them. <laughs> uh, definitely has to be right. I'm sure of it. We'll we'll see. Uh, but yeah, we've got we've got three interludes: uh, Ishik, Nonblot, and Zeth. Uh, and then chapter 12 will be our, our one main part chapter of of the next episode. And when we record that episode, you will be able to find it and all of our other ones at alwaysanotherpodcast.com, uh, as well as being able to email us to talk about these episodes at contact at alwaysanotherpodcast.com. Uh, between those episodes, you can also find us on our various social media sites. Uh, we're on Twitter at alwaysanotherpod instagram at always another pod and uh mastodon at always another pod at kind.social that is where you can find uh some various and sundry things as we we get through our first stormlight book it's a lot of fun and i'm uh, i'm ready to it, it's funny i'm i'm you know i'm ready to go as we're going to go into three unrelated chapters that aren't connected directly to this story <laughs> but i'm excited for those too yeah no yeah i would i'd have to say i am hey you know what we missed out on the fucking the sign for help is the president's group salute from Spaceballs. oh yeah was... you were going to talk about that we skipped it is is that all you, you just wanted to throw that out there and make sure that we were all thinking about that yeah okay <laughs> kaladin son i call this one wonderwall